You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. We're your hosts. I'm Luna. And I'm Shannon. We're both clinical psychotherapists who trained together at Johns Hopkins. Now we are both in private practice in Tampa, Florida, and in Baltimore, Maryland. We also both happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, we work to demystify the tarot and explore its connections to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. Join us while we pull cards to better understand ourselves and those around us. Hey, Shannon. Hey, Luna. So today's topic, I, I think actually seems like a little easy at first, but I actually don't think it's going to be easy. The topic is the <laughs> idea of responding rather than reacting. And I think we all, if we think about it, um, know what we're talking about when we say that instantly, the idea mm -hmm. of something hard comes into the world or something steps in front of you that's difficult. And instead of having the reaction that's ego-driven or emotion-driven or fear-based driven responding. And I think that that's a lifelong practice. Oh, totally. I'm so glad you said lifelong practice because, you know, I was thinking about this topic and it's been on our list forever. So I'm, I'm glad we're, we're tackling it now, but it's really the goal of therapy. If you think about it, <laughs> it's <laughs> learning how to get from this space of feeling like you have to immediately like react all the time to being able to be self-aware, assess situations, assess yourself and respond in a way that doesn't um, lead to like muckiness and stuff that you have to clean up afterwards. And you're right. Like pro progress isn't linear. This is a lifelong, um, learning journey. You're, you're going to have times where you're fantastic at responding and you're going to have times where, you know, life just throws so much at you that your reactivity is an overdrive. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you, um, are a bad communicator. You're bad at responding. Um, it's just part of life just appreciate everything you said so much because, um, I mean, you know that like I came into this recording today almost from a <laughs> reacting point of view. I've just had a very busy morning um, yeah. and I'm sort of in that reactionary place. And to hear you start to talk about that uh, shifted me over into responding. So like that was kind of amazing. Aww. I just loved everything you said. I kind of want to just start right away because like I wanted to say five things and, but my response is, why don't we begin with pulling a card? Yes, let's go for it. So what deck are you using? Um, I <laughs> settled <laughs> quickly moments ago with um, Aquarian Tarot. Oh, nice. That's such a good deck. It's a lovely deck. And I'll be honest, part of the reason I chose it is just because it's, my deck is very small and nice to shuffle. And I sort of didn't want to have to deal with the burden of big cards. Isn't it like, which is kind of ridiculous, but that's why. How about you? I, I love the way you describe that, the burden of big cards. So <laughs> I decided to use the field tarot today because I haven't used it in forever. And I pulled it out the other day and it just it felt so good. And I was like, oh, I remember when I was using the field tarot all the time. But I also was like, mm, I still want tarot vintage on hand. <laughs> so I have some tarot vintage cards out too, but I'm, I'm shuffling and pulling the majority of my cards from the field tarot. I'm so glad you are. I was um, thinking about you and field tarot the other day, actually, as I was sort of like doing an Instagram thing. And I'm glad because I like that deck a lot. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm yeah, I'm glad to see it out. Yeah. And I pulled a beautiful card for this just now. <laughs> so did I, I pulled Oh good. <laughs> Yay, I'm so excited. I pulled the Princess of Discs reversed. Um oh. and so traditionally this would be Page of Pentacles. Mm-hmm. What did you pull? I pulled two of swords. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> That is, how did I not even think about that card for today? Oh my gosh. It's perfect. It's perfect. Oh, it's so perfect. Oh, there's, so, okay, go for it because there's so many things that we can right. talk about with um, Two of Swords. I feel like Two of Swords, it's almost like low-hanging fruit. It's like, thank you totally. for giving me like the easiest <laughs> card in the world to talk about. I mean, Two of Swords, you know, the, it, it's a card that I love. It's a card that I've referred to many times as sort of like the ultimate therapy card, which really ties to what you were saying about like, this is what we do in therapy. Um, yeah. It's in Aquarian Tarot, it's slightly different, but it's still the image of a woman who is blindfolded with two swords. And she seems to be sort of uh, two swords crossed in front of her and she's trapped between these two swords represent the um, ideas and in this case, I really look at those swords as very much as two ideas that are crossed in front of you and you can't seem to move beyond them. And I think that when we talk about reacting, that is kind of, gosh darn it, I'm going to, I almost cursed, but I decided not to. I'm going to pick up the, <laughs> this one sword and I'm going to go to battle. That's reacting. Mm-hmm versus responding is uh, picking up the sword that maybe you have to sharpen a little bit first, or maybe you have to clean off Ah. first, or maybe you really need to sit with and kind of practice with a little bit first. So that's two of swords. Oh, I love the way you described the swords in terms of responding, like that you might need to sharpen or clean off it. I was hoping I'd have an opportunity to share this quote and uh, by Viktor Frankl. And I think your description of the swords is a perfect Time to share it. Victor Frankl's um, uh, an Austrian or was an Austrian neurologist, psychologist, and and he said he said one of my favorite quotes of all time. Um, he said, "Between stimulus and response, there is a space, and in that space is our power to choose our response, and in our response lies our growth and our freedom." And that pause, which is the space that Victor Frankl's talking about, is the kind of sharpening of the sword or the cleaning it. The You're creating a moment, whether it's a split second or five minutes between the stimuli, something that happens, and what you do about the thing that happened. And, you know, Two of Swords is such a beautiful representation of this whole process because you have the water behind it, right? Which is all of this like emotion, a lot of unknown, also like kind of dangerous. Yeah. And you could go in a million different directions. There could be a lot of outcomes. But then, you know, this person's also sitting on solid ground. Not are they on, not are they only on solid ground, but they're also like on a chair or some sort of like sitting apparatus. So they're fully grounded. And being able to respond versus react, it like (laughs) takes a lot of strength and being able to say, okay, how can I sit down and acknowledge this one sword, which is, you know, this rush of emotion, but figure out which sword I need to use so that the outcome of this is beneficial and not harmful to me or whoever's involved in this situation. Oh, so much meat in everything you just said. I mean, I'm... 
And I'm going to like throw down with another quote because I love that quote you just said. I think that there's so yeah, much. I mean, so like, I, I feel like I should have it tattooed backwards on my forehead so yes. I can look in the mirror every day and be like, oh, right. <laughs> like, that's what For we're real. supposed to do. Um, I'm going to pull out a Carl Jung quote. I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become, which I think oh, is yeah. really a struggle. Mm. And I think that we see this in therapy and I see it in my daily life and I see it with my clients and I see it with my kids. Like this uh, moment of which sword do I pick up in realizing that I do have agency and autonomy to be able to say, I choose to react based on the person who I want to be versus Mm how I think the other person is or how I think the world deserves to be treated. That's beautiful. I feel like you just described my reversed princess of discs. Oh, good. I'm so <laughs> glad we did that elegantly. <laughs> I mean, that's like, and once you said that quote and the way you described that, I was like, oh, I think that's totally this card reversed. You know, so when I, when we laid out or when we were talking about this topic for today, I had this idea that I wanted to, whatever cards I pulled, I wanted to be able to decide if they were or would be considered a response card or a reaction card. Mm. And pulling this reversed, essentially, page of pentacles, I was like, uh, it's neither and both. <laughs> um, it's basically what you just said, knowing that you know you can be reactive based on things that have happened to you, based on the behavior that you've learned. And maybe at the same time, you don't want to be reactive, but you're not quite sure how to respond. And you're trying to learn new ways of of navigating communication and new ways of being. But because this card's reversed, it's, there's a lot of like unknown and stumbling blocks. I think that's so, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to talk about knights in a second, but like, I'm really glad you pulled a page card because to me, the pages really are like, the, the energy of childhood. And I think mm-hmm. when we're looking at tarot through a therapeutic lens, like that's very helpful because yeah. how much of our reactions when we have a, uh, a negative reaction or a reaction where we could have perhaps responded better if we had paused, that reaction is rooted in so many yes. places that are childish, whether that is a story that we learned in childhood, you have to be able to stand up for yourself, like some, a message that you got around that or a belief system from your childhood of like, things are supposed to be this way. And of course, when we're seeing it in reverse, it's sort of like the, um, the dysfunctional part of childhood, which has come into adulthood. Oh gosh, you said exactly what I was thinking. And I wish you could see this card right now. It's such a beautiful card. You know, there's this person wearing this really pretty dress. It's got, you know, kind of the traditional floral rose design that we tend to see. Um, It's kind of like a nod to traditional tarot. And on the bottom half of the card is this green kind of landscape. And then above it is this really beautiful dark night sky. Um, You can see some, looks like kind of different galaxies and whatnot. But, you know, what you just said is so indicative of the way this card is portrayed. And I think something a lot of us don't realize is, you know, I love that you said the word rooted because we bring, it's kind of like baggage, right? We bring all this baggage into new relationships from our childhood, from our family, this learned behavior. And we can become so accustomed to, or even addicted to 
reacting and to reactions of other people, Mm. especially Mm. if we grew up around very intense emotions, because we, we learn to feel at home with these intense emotions. We learn to feel at home in the midst of chaos and unpredictability, because that's what we were surrounded by. And this card, she's also holding like the moon, it looks like. So, you know, there's so, there's so many different things happening in this, in this image that are indicative of like her trying to stay in maybe a new territory, new ground, but also still holding on to things from her past. And maybe it's her trying to unlearn what she's been taught because, you know, this reactivity is so become so familiar to us that we we learn to believe that it's a representation of of love or proper ways of communicating. Mm. And then we repeat these behaviors outside of the family unit. And sometimes we can end up pushing people away who are responsive instead of reactive because their responsiveness feels so unfamiliar <laughs> or even like unsafe <laughs> to us. Right. Like you're supposed to yell back. Why are you pausing right. and saying, I understand where you're coming from. That's weird. Yes. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. And then like that pause, if we haven't learned to pause ourselves, or like going back to Victor Frankl's quote of, you know, between stimulus and response, there's a space. Like if we don't learn to exist in that space, someone else existing in that space seems very unsettling to us because we don't know what to do with it. I love where you just went. I love everything you just talked about. I'm really hung up on the fact that it's pentacles. And I kind of want to talk about the pentacle element for a second. Oh, yeah. Because um, to me, um, yeah, I'm really hung up on that pentacle thing. My, I mean, I think like many people, my first association with pentacles is it's money. And then I have to mm. say to myself, it's not money. It is worldly things. It's um, our, our human experience, our physical human experience on this planet and in this world. And I'm actually really kind of thinking a lot about, like in my own case, ways in which I react rather than respond, even when people aren't involved, when it's like, I have to make a decision. And I would, I mean, I did think about money, you know, because I think money is on a lot of people's minds right now. Like if inflation has been kind of difficult, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's been a little difficult. Uh, right. <laughs> I said that so nicely. Um, you did. Yeah. And I think that like there is sort of there are old money stories that we have that we hang on to, like just put it on the credit card or, um, mm. well, I'm just not going to think about it or like just put that bill off and that are sort of reactionary money responses. But I think that we see this also, you know, with things like food. Well, I'll just start mm. on Monday or, well, like one cookie yeah. isn't going to kill me or, you know, like, I mean, alcohol, like, well, you know, like mm. I'll just go and have one drink and it turns into five or whatever. Like there are so many ways in which we have a reactionary way of being in the world. And I might actually pause for a second and say, and sometimes that's not bad. Like I'm thinking about right. driving right. when you're driving. I don't want to be a responsive, like I want to be a reactionary driver. I want to be able yes. to be like that person stepped in front of my car. I'm hitting the brakes and I'm doing it like it's mm-hmm. a knee jerk reaction. Sometimes that's exactly right. But I think that this is a, a dance of how am I showing up not only in relationships, but also just in the world and how Mm. much, I mean, it almost comes to this idea of mindfulness of how much am I thinking about how am I living? Am I living deliberately or am I living in patterns? 
gosh, everything you just said is so brilliant. And I think it makes sense that this is a pentacle. Now I'm looking at it upright. So I have a clear image of this princess of discs or page of pentacles. And I just love so much that she's grasping for the moon because what you're talking mm. about, like I'm kind of looking at the, the moon now is the brain and the way you're talking about pentacles, like it makes sense. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be money or a physical thing. Like this is like our bodies and our human experience and the brain plays such a big role in everything that we're talking about. Like that reaction that you said in terms of driving, like you want to be a reactionary driver. Totally. And that's like why like the amygdala, which is the reactionary part of our brain is so important and unfortunately tends to get um, overstimulated. And so Mm -hmm. the goal is like you said, trying to incorporate uh, tools like mindfulness so that the amygdala doesn't become the control center of the brain. So the amygdala is this like deep part in the back of our brain, which a lot of people refer to as like the reptilian brain or primal brain, because, you know, it's really responsible for that fight or flight response. You know, when something triggers us, it's usually driven by like emotion. Like, you know, you said when you're driving and someone steps in front of your car and you're like, holy shit, I have to like slam on the brakes. Um, whereas responding takes place in the prefrontal cortex of the brain. And that's the part of the brain that's responsible for helping us kind of understand different things, piece things together, make appropriate decisions. Um, It's what allows us to problem solve, weigh risks and benefits. So you can see why the amygdala is still a helpful part of the brain because it's this immediate, like there is no thinking, you just have to do the thing. Mm -hmm. And the prefrontal cortex is what allows us to say, well, if I do this thing, this will happen. And if I do this thing, then that will happen. But, you know, like you said, we can't totally like dismiss that part of the the amygdala, that part of the brain, because we do need to be reactionary. But the problem is, is when we are always reactionary and it's not just from a point of like survival. The amygdala is there because we needed it in order to survive. (laughs) And it's not as needed as it was, you know, when we were, you know, cavemen. (laughs) (laughs) but still necessary you know um, okay (laughs) you just geeked out on brain stuff which i love i'm gonna geek out on tarot (laughs) for a second and go to the moon card yeah which is where you i'm sure you were just going with like uh, with your princess of discs if you look at the moon card like this is everything that you just said right so elegantly captured in just this one image that i think is sort of an image that's difficult for people who are like um first get into tarot like I mentioned recently that I uh had a tarot a moon tarot card like taped to my door in college but that card Mm -hmm. was a picture of a half moon and it said la luna and that's why I used Mm -hmm. because it was my name I was like oh that's cute yeah um but if you look at the traditional card there's this like it's kind of wackadoodle right it's like here's this moon and there are these two pillars and then there's sort of these two canines and this crawfish coming out of the water but I'm going to focus for a second on the two canines which is Um, The way I've read about it is that perhaps one is a wolf and one is a dog. One is (laughs) the reactionary. One is the wild. One is the primal. uh, One is the instinctual. And one is the domesticated. The one that is, you know, trainable, but also capable of some pretty amazing things. And I mean, like, if you think about what we've done with dogs, I mean, not just like they can live in my house and be my companion, but like dogs do incredible things. They pull alive people out of rubble like they're Mm -hmm. incredible so i think that we have this duality that is essential to our human nature between the primal and between the trainable and both are beautiful but a little difficult to navigate i like that you use the word duality so 
I actually pulled, I'm looking at two different cards I pulled now because you saying the word duality made me think of them. I pulled the two of wands reversed and the two of cups reversed. Oh, it's all yeah. the twos, huh? It, right. Yeah. And I think the two of wands is definitely, the two of wands reverse is definitely reaction card and the two of cups. I'm, I'm not sure. I feel like it could be both and maybe the two of cups reversed, um, is kind of like what you're talking about right now, where, you know, how do you kind of like exist in both realms or what happens when one gets out of sync with the other, then what do you do? Oh, that's interesting. I mean, like my reaction to that two of cups reverse is the, what you were talking about earlier with, um, relationships. Like, I mean, the, the other very interesting thing about him being human is not only do we have this duality of sort of the wolf and the dog within us, but we also are designed to do this with other people who also have mm -hmm. wolves and dogs within yeah. them. Oh, and it's gosh. so easy to get, I mean, I would say that at least half of the time I spend in session is people wanting to talk about their relationships with other people, whether that is uh -huh. their partners or their children or their coworkers or their friends. These relationships with other people really they take up a lot of our brain space and they're very, very challenging. Yeah. You know, that makes me think of some, a conversation I often have a lot and it's almost like a, like a foreshadowing when people come to therapy and they're talking about, you know, the relationships and the interactions they have with other people. I let them know that at some point they're going to get to that space that we talked about in the beginning of, you know, kind of the goal of therapy, being able to respond versus react. And how much of a toll that takes on the relationships you have with other people when they haven't been able to get to that point. So when they're still stuck in that kind of primal amygdala uh, wolf part of their brain and not able to communicate with you on the level of, of responding. And it can be really painful when you're someone who's done so much work to get to this point where you are able to exist in that space that Viktor Frankl talks about and not just react and, and instead be able to observe what's happening, regulate your emotions, manage the distress that you're feeling, and then formulate a thought that both acknowledges your experience of the situation, acknowledges the other person's experience, and then say, okay, how can we manage this? When the other person just wants to say, screw you, um, I'm mad at you. And then, you know, throw things or slam the door. <laughs> right. Say horrible things. <laughs> right. I mean, you just brought me to two of pentacles, which I was hoping I would like have been, ha oh. I've had it here to the side ever since like the two thing happened a second ago. I was like, we're going to have to talk about this then. And I think it just made sense. You know, one thing that we do in therapy or that I can tell you anyone listening, like you can do this on your own. This is what like a therapist yeah. would do is that we challenge thoughts and we mm -hmm. sort of offer a counterweight to that reaction. So you're having a reaction to something like somebody yelled at you, or I don't know, like your bank account is empty, or like there are too many dishes in the sink, or you got an assignment at work, whatever, you had something happen to you. And the reaction is sort of that wolf reaction of let me get angry, let me slam things, let me like protect myself, which often is what it's really rooted in, is mm -hmm. in protection. And the therapist's job is to sort of say, okay, I can understand why you're angry there. Let me offer you a counterpoint. Let me counterweight mm -hmm. that and say like, that can be true. And this can also be true. And 
we encourage people to start juggling these ideas and allowing sort of not that reactionary stance to always win, but be able to say like, here's another idea that I need to take into consideration. We do this with self-criticism all the time, right? Like, uh, like if you make a mistake, the critic steps forward and goes, ah, you're such an Mm -hmm. idiot. And so then the therapist's job is to say, okay, you can say, I made a mistake. I'm embarrassed about it, but I know I'm not an idiot because of X, Y, and Z. I think that that's sort of the practice. Oh my gosh. Everything, my brain is like on fire. (laughs) I'm like, yes, Luna. Yes. Um, I love that we're actually having this discussion, like right on the heels of the negative uh, thought trap episode from last week. I think, you know, it was kind of just coincidence, but it, I'm so glad that we're, we're talking about it now because I do think they go hand in hand. You know, as you were talking about the role of a therapist, it made me realize, you know, we, when you come to therapy, walking into the therapist's office or queuing up the online telehealth, that's the space that Viktor Frankl's talking about. Like we are showing you how to practice finding space, finding that pause so that when you're not in the therapy room, your brain automatically does it for you. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. So that's why when you come to therapy and you're talking about all these reactions that you had, and then the therapist is is saying what Luna just said, have you thought about this? Or, oh, it sounds like this was happening. I can't tell you how many times a week someone says to me, oh, I hadn't considered that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, oh, I'm glad you're considering it now. And then we have a whole discussion on what they hadn't considered. And, you know, it's difficult to do that when you're stuck in that amygdala part of your brain, that primal reptilian part of your brain where you're just driven by emotion or, you know, like you said a minute ago, by fear. We're, you know, as humans, we're constantly trying to protect ourselves. And that's why we tend to go into fight or flight response so quickly because there's this overly activated sense of danger that we often feel. So we have to, you know, respond with anger or say a name or, you know, defend ourselves in some way. It's when we start to realize that we aren't in imminent danger that real growth can happen. Because once we start to calm ourselves down and say, okay, this is just a disagreement or this is just, you know, a a low balance week. I had too many bills come out of my bank. Next week will be better then we can start to find some balance in our life and in our relationships. You know, it's so funny. I was, um, I did a thing in which I rarely do, which is just like actually pull a card. And the card that came up was three of swords, which I think, Mm. ouch, is really, if we keep going deeper and deeper and deeper, I think that this is the root of this, is that we become reactionary out of a, a place of hurt and a fear of being hurt. Mm. And I think that that's, I mean, we can talk about sort of the alligator brain wanting to protect us in terms of, that's why, I, I mean, like when I slam on my brakes in the car and my arm goes flying across the chest of my child who is now taller than yeah. me, you know, <laughs> that reaction. that's like the protection reaction. But I think that when we see most of the emotional reactions that we're having in the world, most of them do come out of a place of wanting to be very protective of our heart and feeling extremely vulnerable. And that is, again, Mm. what we do in therapy work is we allow a place of being able to say, okay, 
behind this closed door or sort of as you sit on this particular screen, this is a place where it is safe to let your heart be shown. And we're going to practice that so that you can feel more safe in the world, but smartly, you know, I don't want my clients going into the world like vulnerable all the time. Like, please don't like that. That's a (laughs) recipe for disaster, but learning how to allow for it. Oh, I love that. Learning how to allow for it. Yeah. Or like knowing that like you can embrace the vulnerability and still be aware and have proper boundaries up. It's like, I go back to my fence metaphor. Like if your Mm -hmm. vulnerability is behind a picket fence, that's healthy. If your vulnerability is um, behind no fence, that's not good. And if your vulnerability is behind a brick wall, that's also not good. Um, I love the way that you you spoke about that. And you talking about the three of swords, uh, I guess, segues nicely into the five of cups that I pulled. Mm. And, you know, kind of this sense of grief that can exist in terms of reacting versus responding. Honestly, on both sides, I feel like this five of cups is or could represent the aftermath of either being someone who's learned how to respond versus react or being someone who's reacted instead of responded. Yeah, I'm so interested that you just pulled up five of cups because like that just lit something up for me. Yeah, I mean, five of cups is very much to me that person um, this is what we would do in therapy. They're looking at the aftermath of a reaction. Oh, woe is me. And our job as therapists is to say, turn around. There's still two more cups. And I might pull in some of the other fives right now and look at five of pentacles. Five of pentacles is a, I always read it with that stained glass window. I always read five of, of pentacles as these two people are really, really struggling probably with money, but like it could be something else. They're really struggling, but there is help directly behind them with this illuminated window that they are missing, which is the same thing as what we see in five of cups. And then I kind of want to look at five of swords and five of wands too, you know, which are both also about sort of this place. I mean, all of these cards are about ego and you're missing something. I love that you brought all, all, all the fives in. Um, you know, I, I want to go back to five of cups though, because I think I'm going to talk about that slightly differently than we normally would like, Oh, turn around. You still have those five cups. I think for me, and this is, this is kind of what I do with my clients is I kind of pre-warn them that, yeah, Hey, in therapy, you're going to work on gaining these two cups, but you, you also might lose three cups mm. because those three cups that you're losing might be family members who are not ready to to do the same type of work or friends who don't understand the, the type of work you're doing. Because once you start kind of breaking, you know, generational patterns and you start learning to be self-aware and you start learning self-regulation skills and you begin to heal, your communication patterns change. And the people around you are so used to communicating and interacting with you in a certain way that when when you change and you become different, it kind of feels like a threat to them. And so now they think that you're being weird or you're, you know, maybe you're being disrespectful because you're speaking differently. You've, you know, families have these invisible unwritten rules and suddenly you're not following these invisible unwritten rules of the way that they communicate with each other. You know, and you're, you're essentially forcing them to respond in a way that makes them very uncomfortable. So, I think I almost look at this five of cups too as saying, 
you know, how can we also cope with the fact that people aren't going to be ready for your responses because they only know how to interact with you when you're reacting. I am really glad that you gave that interpretation. It brings us right back to three of swords, doesn't it? Of like, yes. um, and you know, so that's where it kind of loops around for me. Um, I think it's really well said that when we decide to be responsive rather than reactionary, we w- probably will break some things. And some of those things that we break, we're going to be glad that we broke. And some of them we're like, might be a little regretful around breaking or saddened maybe is a better yeah. word. And that's worthy of consideration. But I'm going to loop it back to, um, I really want to talk about the knights because I think that Mm. they are, you know, like just as pages for me are are children, knights are adolescents. And I love adolescent energy. I don't want to live in it all the time, but I do like it when I can tap into it. And I try to tap into it, you know, like I love knight energy. And I think that sometimes we need that um, haughtiness and that boldness to be able to say, okay, I'm going to change my patterns. I'm going yeah. to like Knights of Wand and go on a new adventure. I'm going to like pick up a new idea and Knights of Swords it all the way to almost have the courage because we know that that five of cups is there, that we potentially are about to lose something if we break something, but we kind of need the strength of being able to say, damn it, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And you know, and what do you want the outcome to be? I like that you're the way you're talking about this. I'm looking down and we can go back to nights too. I just want to, I guess, connect that to this queen of discs that I pulled. Um, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to talk about that or or traditionally queen of pentacles, but I think maybe that's the outcome that we're going for here. When you decide to armor up in a way and do the work and embrace that night energy, because you'll eventually get to this place where you're queen of pentacles. I feel mm. like she's probably the ultimate response card. I, I love queen of pentacles for me personally. It's this, this comforting card that, you know, just represents someone who, you know, has probably been through some shit growing up, but like emerged <laughs> into this like grounded self-aware person who, you know, sees the value in responding versus reacting, but she's seen both sides and she's gone through that night energy and, and taken those night journeys And yeah, so I think like that's the goal is, and I think that's maybe an exercise someone could do in tarot too, is saying, you know, if I'm someone who's very reactive, like something happens to me and I immediately just like go on the defense, um, what would it look like if I took, you know, laid all the nights out and said, okay, what does my night journey look like? But what do I want? Where do I want the nights to take me? What is that end, end goal Uh, Is it queen of pentacles or, you know, is it king of cups? You know, what is it for you? I mean, I just love that you, that you're talking about queen of pentacles and you started with reverse um, princess of discs. I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's a journey over here today. I mean, and it does like feel so pentacly, you know, like of this, um, it's how we are in the world. And I love how you're talking about this being like a journey. And like, what did we say at the beginning that this is like a lifelong process of mm-hmm. trying to get to that place of, I can handle Yeah, That's essentially it, right? Yeah. I can handle what steps in front of me with grace and with dignity. And mm. some, you know, I mean, I would love to be there all the time. I'm not Right, but I'm a lot better than I used to be. You know, and I think that's, uh, yeah, we go back to how we opened this episode and having compassion for yourself and also compassion for others. You know, we 
can't always be perfect responders. You know, I, I look at this um, queen of discs in the field tarot. It's a, she's pregnant. She's got a pregnant belly and this mm. is a very calming, peaceful card to look at. So in terms of her being a response, I feel like she is at least right now in that state of like, you know, if you have a child or a dog, <laughs> it's made a terrible mess and there's smeared peanut butter all over the walls or flour all over the house, you know, instead of screaming or wanting to pull her hair out because she's actually, she has her hand on top of her head, but like not in like an aggressive, it's more of like a calming, like mm. holding her head type of image. Instead of doing that, she just notices this intense urge that she has to maybe pull her hair out and scream. Um, but instead, she just kind of looks around and the, her prefrontal cortex is revving up and she just kind of names what it is. Like, yeah, look at this mess. This is not something that we play with. Let's let's get this cleaned up and talk about what we are allowed to play with. But you know, at the same time, maybe that's just a phase in her life that she's able to have for a few months at a time. And maybe there's a few months where she's like, what the hell did you just do? Absolutely not. Yeah. You're in trouble. Go to your room. And then, you know, turns the music up loud and angrily cleans up all of the <laughs> peanut butter on the walls, you know? I mean, I think, God, so I loved just listening to how you were talking about that. Like, I just love that <laughs> so much because I mean, I, th- hang on, I'm really hung up on that like pregnancy thing because I mm. think that um, in this case to me, like that really does sort of feel like this connection with this idea of when we can embrace that queen of pentacles energy, which you're taking actually really kind of literally talking about the the difficulties of like raising right. humans or dogs or whatever. And like other people, smaller, smaller creatures making huge messes. <laughs> I, I might think of it more actually in terms of a, when we embrace this queen of pentacle energy of, okay, the world is here and I know how to handle it with grace and with dignity. Okay, great. Then I'm also in a position to be something of creation because we're, Mm. we're constantly in reaction. It's just all we are essentially is a mirror, right? Like a thing happens. I react, a thing happens. I react, a thing happens. I react. My only game here is reaction, Versus mm. if when we can become responsive, we shift the energy into the I have control. And once I have control, Oof. then I can start to build things. I can start to create things. And that feels amazing. I feel like that is something that I try to bring with, to my clients a lot is the idea yeah. of once you claim this for yourself, then mm, you can yeah. do whatever you want in your life. Love that you said once you claim this, um, because you just made a card make sense for me. A card that I had pulled um, at the beginning that's been just sitting here um, alone, and I haven't (laughs) talked about is the Nine of Wands, and that is exactly what you just described. Like once you claim this, it's it's. I feel like this Nine of Wands is is a response card, but a response card in terms of you've likely just learned maybe how to step over into that other side. And you've learned that you have the ability to be a healthy communicator and be um, self-aware and and regulate some of your emotions. And you've experienced some some good distress tolerance. 
but you're like right there. I mean, you're very green and you've just kind of like, you've got all these wands and, you know, you've been through some stuff and you're like, oh, do I want to keep pushing forward? So yeah, I mean, this is, and it's okay to be in that, be in that energy. Um, it's kind of like an exciting time. I mean, I love, it's a challenging card you brought forward, but like, I'm kind of loving it. Yeah. Because also, like, it's so nice to think about this in terms of, and then you'll be queen of pentacles. Like, that's right, nice. Right. I like that. <laughs> but the idea of like, yeah, and you're going to be totally beat up. And, right. Like, and still bleeding in places. Yeah. And like, you have this tourniquet in your head. And, exactly. Like, and the look on the guy's face always cracks me I up, know. right? He's like, just yeah. totally like on the watch out. He's like, I know they're coming. Yeah. I know they're coming yeah. back. Um. Which I think is much more realistic in a lot of ways. Yes, totally. I think we all sort of feel that way. But there is a reward in it. Also kind of being like, all right, they're going to come back and I'm not going to roll over on my back and cry. And I'm not going Mm. to necessarily just spend all my energy fighting. When they come back, I'm going to like, let me come up with a plan. And that's when we become in in control and in charge of our own lives. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And it's a reminder, you know, when it does kind of come full circle again, you can say, oh, I've been here before. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't. This is what I'm going to do differently. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at the tarot diagnosis and join us while we pull daily cards and explore tarot and mental health in between podcast episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you have a topic or question that you'd like for us to explore on the podcast, you can contact us directly on our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com.